I just want to keep you abreast of the things that the Lord has been showing me and, and, and how important it is when he shows you something, what you need to be doing about it, you know, and how, how, how to walk it out. And so, um, and, and the songs will kind of go along with what, what um, I'm going to share with you. You know, the first thing that we talked about, it was a whole year and a half ago that I, that, you know, came forth in a word this, that when we was doing worship was a whole year and a half ago. And that was before COVID. That was before um, the election. <laughs> There's been a lot of things happen since that. It was, a, it was January, it'll be two years ago, this coming January, that the Lord gave us that word about there being a new day coming. A new day coming. So, you know, I didn't just, you know, you could have looked at the circumstances. We could have looked at those. And, of course, how could you miss the COVID circumstance? You know, it, it impacted everybody. How could you miss the election? It impacted everybody. And the, and the things, there's still things impacting from the election. But the thing is, we have to be, when we know God has told us something, we have to be fully persuaded and we have to stand firm on what he tells us. Amen? Yeah. Not grow weak in faith because we see the circumstance. You know, Abraham never grew weak in faith because he looked at the circumstance. He, because he didn't. He, he, it was his body that was already a hundred years old. How do you walk away from that? You know, you're, you're living it. And so he did not grow weak in that. He did not grow weak in faith, but he, was fully persuaded that what God had promised him, it was going to happen. Amen? It was going to happen. And so that's what we need to be. And that's why I bring this before you over and over and over, because it's important to keep the things that God's promised us before us. Is that right? That's right. We need to keep them before us. So <clears throat> that's why I have talked to you off and on about new day, about there's a new day coming. New nation was the next thing I believe we heard. Oh, I think there were some things in there, wasn't there, uh, Jeff, about a wall coming down. And so we've been watching the wall, or I've been watching the wall. Anyway, <laughs> so I let you know whenever I see a, a hole in the wall. And of course, it's been a little bit now, but there was just a, one pillar and, and in, in what the Lord showed me that had come down. And then there was the house of cards. How many remember the house of cards that I talked about? And, of course, some of these things I don't like. I personally don't like to listen to a lot of prophetic voices. I want to hear myself, what God's doing, what God's saying, because I need to stand on what I hear myself. I can't stand on somebody else's prophecy. I can't stand on what else he's, what else, what, what they're saying. If it's, if it's not revelation to me, it has to be revelation to me. And it should be to you. It should be life. It should be something that you know is true in your life. Amen? Amen. And so we have to, we have to, um, we have to, uh, stand, stand firm. Stand firm in that, what God has showed us. So that's what we've been endeavoring to do is I keep bringing before you the things that the Lord has showed us concerning our country, concerning ourselves. And if there's something concerning the church, I do bring that before you. Amen. And so it's really important that we hold fast to the, the confession that He's, He's given us. If He's given you a promise, you stand on that. Now, I know I teach this a lot, but I think it's important that we stay in remembrance of that. When he gives you a promise, and, and the promise can come from a, a scripture verse, the word that you've been reading, 
The promise can come from him giving you a vision in prayer. So most of the things that I have shared with you are things that I've spent time praying and the Lord has revealed them to me. You know, the house of cards, I think, is where we left off. So that was one. And and, and like I said, I don't like to um, listen to a lot of prophetic voices because I want to hear I want to hear what God's saying to me so that I can stand firm on it and not and not uh, be moved. So the, the house of cards now, some of these things that I'm sharing with you, I have heard the prophetic voices uh, say some of the same things after 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 that. So um, I think um, um, someone was telling me that another prophetic voice talked about the house of cards coming down. And so, so anyway, it's just important that when God tells you something, you stand firm on that. Amen? And uh, we'll get into some more of that detail. So I wanted to just go over with you the different things that we've seen. And so I, I'm probably missing some of the detail part, but the main thing that we have, um, that I've been praying, if you've been here, and last Sunday I prayed that again. I've been praying it off and on. Sometimes on Wednesday night, but the picture that I have was God, was the country was being held in God's hands. The country was being held in God's hands. And he was blowing life into the country. Life. And um, uh, I'll talk about that again at the end. But um, that life that he's blowing into, that all of a sudden, the last time that I prayed that particular um, it was Wednesday night, all of a sudden, it just turned. The direction of the country turned quickly, suddenly, and went the other way. And so um, I, uh, I'm, I believe that we are closer to change in this country than we were a year and a half ago. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And, you know, a lot of it has to do with the, the church has risen up. We prayed for the church to rise up. The church has risen up in this hour. People are being bold about the things of God, and they're making a stand, and they're standing firm, and they're not allowing the enemy to run over them. And so that's what we have to do as a church, as a body of believers. We stand firm against the schemes and tactics of the enemy. You've heard me teach on that before about standing firm and how you do that. You know, you know, uh, Ephesians 6 talks about standing firm, and you have the... The, the guys had their feet shod with the gospel of peace. Well, they had big, long spikes in the bottom of their shoes. So when they stood firm, they stood firm. That spike went down into the ground, and they stood firm. They weren't moved. They weren't easily moved, nor were they able to be easily moved. So they stood there and stood against the enemy. Amen? Okay, so... So, um, um, if God has given you a promise... You need to be fully persuaded and not grow weak in faith, whether it's healing, whatever promise God has given you, if it's prosperity or blessings from the Lord, um, if he's promised you this or promised you that, that's him talking to you and giving you a promise. Now, like I said, the promises can come from the word. They can come from you spending time with him in fellowship in your prayer language, praying in the spirit, the, the, the promise a revelation can come on the word or a revelation, like I said, pictures that the Lord shows me. And those pictures, the spirit and the word will always agree. They aren't, you don't hear something here and the word says something contrary. It will always agree. Amen? Okay. 
So let's look at, um, um, I think I pretty much covered the, the vision, a rhema word, a vision, um, and a promise of the word. Um, so let's look at Hebrews 10.23. We'll start there. Hebrews 10.23. When God has given you a promise, like by Jesus' stripe, we'll use that as a simple, simple, um, by Jesus' stripes, you were healed. That's a promise from God. And it's a yes promise. That is your hope. We talked about this in, in depth a while back. Your hope, your hope is set in the promises of God. That's where your hope is. So then faith goes after that promise. Faith goes after that hope. Okay? So Hebrews 10.23 says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Who is he there? Who is faithful? God. God is faithful. He's faithful. He's faithful to bring to pass the promise that he's given you. It's just really simple. It's really simple. Faith isn't difficult. It's you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth. But but in my own thinking, it was so difficult for me to understand that. But the Lord's helped me understand that we just believe in our heart. You know, you got born again. When you get born again, when you accept Jesus as Lord, you have to believe in your heart that he died on the cross and he was raised again. You have to believe in your heart. Then what do you do with that? You confess it with your mouth. It works the same way. When he gives you a promise, you believe in your heart, you confess it with your mouth. And your mouth confession shouldn't be doubt and unbelief. If he's giving you the promise, then he's going to fulfill it. He's going to bring it to pass. It should be, it should be full of belief that God is doing it or full of faith that God is doing it. I mean, it's just that simple. It is just that simple. So you get your promise from God and you got to spend time with God. You can't just pull something out of the air. Spend time with God. Talk to him. He's going to he's going to talk to you. He's going to tell you what's good for you and what's not good for you. He's going to talk to you about those things. And so so when you have a promise from him, you believe it in your heart and you confess it with your mouth and it is <laughs> you are you are saved. <laughs> you are saved, you know, because Romans 10:9 and 10 says to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you are saved or you have salvation. Salvation encompasses everything you have need of. Everything you have need of here on this earth. Everything. Everything. All my needs are met in Christ Jesus. As long as I'm standing in that in Christ position, you know, a long time ago when Dick and I were first married, I think we had three dishwashers given to us and three stoves or two stoves. He finally said, you can stop, you can stop praying for stoves and dishwashers. And I said, I haven't been. But, you know, we were serving God. We were believing God. We were just serving him. You know, we were only making like $300 a month. And most everything extra went to the church, to what God had called us to do here, to do a work here. We were sacrificing what God, what, what, um, you know, sacrificing the things that were, um, needful or we thought, you know, your flesh wants a new car and your flesh wants a this and your flesh wants a that. It didn't matter to us. We wanted to serve God and we wanted to establish his kingdom here. Amen. Yeah, thy kingdom come, thy will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. I'm, you know, we had cars, we had vans given to us. 
but we wanted to establish God's kingdom here. Amen? Amen. Amen. So God, God will meet your need. He'll take care of you. Um, so 10.23 says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering or doubting, for he who promised is faithful. So God is faithful. God is faithful. How, he's not a liar. He's not going to give you the promise and then tell you, and then take it back. <laughs> he's not that. He's not that at all. You may have had a daddy that has done that to you, but God's not that way. You don't have to pay him for everything you get. You don't have to do that. He's a good daddy. Isn't he a good daddy? Okay, so um, I want to I want to do this. I've got all kinds of object lessons, and I didn't have them. Some of them came this morning. Okay, let me ask you. You don't need to. Well, you can say it out loud if you want. No, I wouldn't. Don't say it out loud. Is is this half full or half empty? <laughs> half full. <laughs> half full. It's half full. Do you know why it's half full? Because you're believing that it's... <laughs> you see it half full. See, and that's the way we're supposed to do. We're supposed to see... Our, our, um, what God had promised, we're supposed to see it half full, on the way, on the way. Half empty, you're in doubt and unbelief. <laughs> but if it's half, <laughs> I told you not to say anything. <laughs> if you're, if you're, if you're, if you see it half full, that promise is on the way. You know, if you see it half empty, uh, and at half full, you've got you've got lots of hope, lots of hope. <laughs> half empty, you're you're you need to get some hope. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Need to get some hope. I won't see any names, but <laughs> okay. So, glass half full, a half empty glass, no hope. Um, you're moved by what you see or hear. Amen. You're moved by that. You're moved by that. You don't you don't see victory. You don't see yourself as an overcomer. Amen. You don't see yourself that way. And so so in the in the things that we're we've been dealing with, you know, when I've been talking to you about our country. It's like when you do intercession on an individual or when you're praying and believing God for it, if you've asked God in line with his word, then his promise to you is that in in first John First John five fourteen and fifteen. This is the confidence that we have. If we ask anything according to His will, we know He hears us. And if we've prayed and we've asked according to His will, then we will have that promise that He's given us. Amen. Amen. So that's that's knowing that you have the victory. That's knowing that that you are an overcomer. You're already an overcomer. Do you know you're already an overcomer? Do you know you already have the victory? Do you know that? If you're looking at the glass half empty, you don't know that. If you're looking at the circumstance, always always being weighty and I can't get above it, you're, you're half empty. If you look at the circumstance and you make your decision based on what the circumstance looks like, you're half empty. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Yeah. So we have to, we have to see if God has promised it. 
we have to see we have to see the circumstance the way he sees it and he, we have to see ourselves the way he sees us full of hope full of victory an overcomer greater is he that's in us than he that's in this world if we don't if we don't know that he's greater the greater one is in us then we are half empty if we don't know that about ourselves you're not going to get the victory you're going to stumble and get in the ditch somewhere now uh there's a lot i can add to that you know the body of christ is helping each other and praying for each other so there is things like that that are going on but i'm just talking to you about your glass half empty or your glass half full what are you believing you know what you believe is going to come out of your mouth what you believe is going to come out of your mouth Okay, so, that's right. I think I said that, yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, so half full, you are fully persuaded. You are fully persuaded that the promise is yours. Half full, we aren't waiting for the victory. We already have the victory. When it's half full, we already have the victory. Amen? Okay, if you're half full... You aren't trying to be an overcomer. You are already an overcomer. You know, I used to picture a situation. I was in this situation, and I would picture myself, because I am an overcomer. (laughs) I mean, this is years ago. I picture myself jumping over the circumstance. I am an overcomer. You know, if you have to do things like that, picture that. Picture picture what God's doing through you. Amen? Okay, so let's look at, uh, we already talked about Romans 10, 9, and 10. Um, so, Mark 11. Let's go to Mark 11. That's a good one. See, you know there are circumstances everywhere. Where you, if you're working a, a, a secular job or you're in school, you young people. Uh, there's circumstances you deal with uh, all on a regular basis. But what you choose to do in the midst of that circumstance will determine whether you're an overcomer or, oh, is this a word? A succumber? <laughs> <Are you, laughs> is that a word? <laughs> will determine whether you overcome in that situation or whether you fall to that situation. You know? Okay, so Mark 11. And let's see. Eleven twenty-two. I'm watching the clock. Make sure we got time for praise and worship. Cause it's good today. <laughs> it's good, isn't it, Kim? <laughs> Amen. Mark eleven twenty-two. Jesus answered, saying to them, "Have faith in God. Have faith in God." That little piece right there is just loaded. Do you believe in your heart that God is who he said he is? Do you believe in your heart that he is faithful to bring to pass what he's given you or what he told you? Do you believe it in your heart? I mean, if you don't have faith in God, you need to get some time and get a relationship with God. Because he's a very real person. Or he's very real, spirit being. He's very real. He's our daddy. He loves you. He loves you so much that he gave his only son for you. He loves you so much. Amen? Okay, and so 
Mark 11, 22, 24 through 24. I have faith in God. Have faith in God. I do have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen, it shall be granted him. Again, it's just saying the same thing that we just said in Romans 10, 9, and 10. You believe in your heart, you confess with your mouth, you know, right right there. And then verse 34 says, Therefore I say to you, all things for which you pray and ask, believe that you have received them and they shall be granted to you. And you can go on because there's a little bit more that you should make sure you're not walking in unforgiveness. But but in that in that whole area, that whole thing right there, you you believe in your heart and you say, you speak to the mountain. You speak to the mountain. The mountain doesn't tell you what to do. The mountain doesn't say, you speak to the mountain and you tell the mountain to get out of the way. You speak to the mountain. Amen? You know that word say there? It says keep on saying. I don't, it does not matter to me if I'm in prayer and intercession and praying for somebody and, and, or like what we're doing with the country, standing firm against the schemes and tactics of the enemy. I'm not moved by what I see. I keep speaking to the mountain. I keep com- commanding it to move. I keep thanking the Father for bringing change to our country. I'm not moved if I don't see that immediately. It doesn't move me. I'm fully persuaded. And I don't grow weak in faith just because there's a, a new trillion dollars being spent. You know what I immediately do? You know what really happens on the inside of me the minute I hear that government's spending more money? God's going to take care of this. That's what goes off on the inside of me. God's dealing with it. Now how? That's his job. But I do know the body of Christ is rising up. I do know people are becoming bolder in Congress and Senate. I do know that that, that people are working together to outmaneuver the schemes and tactics that's coming from the government. I do know that. And so, and I don't watch, I don't watch a lot of news either. Um, okay, so believe in your heart and confess with your mouth and that mountain will move. So I used that born again example already. So, and let's look at, um, there's some different things. There's no shame. No shame or condemnation if you're, if you know that you're not quite in a place of being able to be fully or not quite fully persuaded in a situation. Okay, there's no shame, no condemnation. That's why the body's here. That God set a pastor before you. He set, he set, uh, other people in positions to encourage you, to help you, to pick you up if you have trouble standing against the enemy and what he's maybe done to your body. Okay? So let's look. If there's no shame in that, but we're to continue to grow in faith. We don't just say, let's, well, let's just use healing, for example. Let's say healing didn't, um, uh, you were believing God and you were confessing in your mouth and then there's still pain. Okay? We're not going to sit down and accept the pain yet. You don't sit down and accept the pain. You keep moving. You keep doing. What are you going to do? What are you going to do if that happens? What are you going to do if that happens? Yeah, keep confessing. Yeah, yeah we're going to keep confessing. We're going to do something about how we are believing or our faith. We're going to build it up on the inside. You know, we're going to do what Romans ten seventeen says. And we can turn there if you'd like, please. Romans ten seventeen. 
So faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of God or the word of Christ. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. So if you, um, if you need healing in your body, I would encourage you to get healing scriptures on 24 seven constantly. That doesn't mean you can't pray in tongues at the same time. That doesn't mean you can't do your dishes at the same time, but you've got healing scriptures going 24 seven. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So you're hearing the word of God. Confess them yourself. Confess healing scriptures yourself. There's nothing better than hearing yourself confess the word. It's going to do a number on the inside of you. It's going to cause faith to rise up. Amen? So there's other things that we can do. We can pray in tongues. In Jude, it talks about praying in the spirit, building yourself up in your most holy faith. Amen? We can do that to build our faith up. And that isn't just a one-time shot five minutes in the morning. I mean, if you're in a desperate way, come on, the measures need to be desperate. Is that right? (laughs) Anyway, the measures need to be big time. Confessing the word, listening to the word all night long, all night long. Listening to healing scriptures and praying in your prayer language as much as you can. Building yourself up. You know, you edify yourself, you edify, you build up that edifice. It's a strong thing on the inside and you're not moved at all by what God, but by what the enemy throws at you. You're not moved at all. Matter of fact, it'd be best if you started laughing at the devil. Amen? It'd be best. And then the other fasting, Isaiah 58, 6. And I think we can look at that. We've, it's not that we haven't looked at that before, but Isaiah 58, 6. Fasting, what it does is, um, you know, 58, 6 is where, it, okay, 58, 6, Isaiah 58, 6, and that's Old Testament. Are you helping him, um, one? Anyway, Isaiah 58, 6 says, Is this not the fast which I chose to loosen the bonds of wickedness, to undo the bands of the yoke, and to let the oppressed go free and break every yoke? And and this is just such an excellent excellent thing to stand on. Um, Verse 8, Then your light will break out like the dawn, and your recovery will speedily spring forth. Or health, I think King James says, health. Okay, and your health will spring forth speedily. I mean, I've stood on that scripture verse several times myself, you know, fasting, and my health will spring forth. He said it in his word, that your health will spring forth speedily. Okay, and your recovery, your recovery or health will speedily spring forth, and your righteousness will go before you. The glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. And um, so, so he loose the bands of wickedness. If you want to get rid of the flesh that wants to drive you around or the mountain that wants to stay in your way, get busy and fast. Get busy and fast. Amen? Okay, so, and worship, 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 worship. And we're going to do that. We're going to worship and praise the Lord. Worship and praise the Lord. Worship, worship, worship. Francis, could you turn on the fan a little bit? I know people are warm. Please. Thank you. Okay, now, um, the re- worship and the rejoicing. I want us to look at, at oh, second, I think it's Second Samuel, just one second. 
Yeah, Second Samuel. Second Samuel, please. First, uh, chapter thirty. Oh wait. Okay, it's First Samuel. <laughs> first Samuel, um, verse six. Okay, so this we're talking about Ziglag, and I've used this before, but I want to use it in place of. Um, uh, David encouraged himself. Uh, David was not, well, just see what he did. He, and then it happened when David and his men came in to Ziglag on the third day that the Amalekites had made a raid on Negev and on Ziglag and had overthrown Ziglag and burned it with fire and they took captive the women and all who were in it, both small and great, without killing anyone and carried them off and went their way. And when David and his men came in to the city, behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted their voices and wept until there was no strength in them to weep. You been in that place before? Anybody been in that place? I have. I've been in that place where I cried and wept till there was no, no strength left. But I learned what to do. And we're talking years ago. Talking years ago. Then David and the people who were with him lifted their voices and wept until there was no strength in them to weep. Now David's two wives had been taken captive. Um, and, and Abigail, the widow of Nabal, the Carmelite. Moreover, David was greatly distressed because the people spoke of stoning him. So he not only lost his whole family, but the people wanted to stone him and kill him. They were blaming him. So he was in a really tough situation, really tough situation. And um, so then it says at the last part of verse 6 there, but David, King James says, David encouraged himself in the Lord. David strengthened himself in the Lord, his God. He encouraged himself. You know what? He was strong on the inside. He knew his God, and he knew that God would, would fulfill what he promised he would do. So he got before him immediately to take care of the situation. He wasn't moved by, oh, look at all of that that was coming against him. I mean, his whole family was gone. And then they wanted to kill him beside. But you know what he did? He got before the Lord. And the Lord encouraged him and strengthened him. And you know what? We have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us that strengthens us to make a difference in a situation. The thing I want to get across to you is that the Holy Spirit makes a difference in each situation we're in. That's why Jesus sent him. I deviated a little bit from um, from what we're studying at Acts, but I've been studying it anyway this last week, and there is so much in there that we can gleam that the Holy Spirit is doing for us each minute of every day. The Holy Spirit is doing something if we just recognize and know what it is. Amen? Amen. So, so the Holy Spirit is here to help us. We can be born again. We've accepted Jesus as Lord, but then we need to accept the person of the Holy Spirit to give us the power to walk out this life. We have to have that power. We have to have, the church has to have that power. Otherwise, they're only going to go so far. I don't even know how far that is, but they have to have that power, that strength, that comfort. They have to be able to know 
the things that, that God has for, has freely given them already in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit's going to talk to you about your calling. He's going to talk to you about what you're, each one of you are called to do. Now I'm going fast. The Holy Spirit's moving fast. He's, he's, he's going to talk to you. He wants to tell you what you're called to do. He wants to give you understanding on that. He doesn't want you sitting around doing nothing and lost and forsaken. (laughs) He's come to fill that gap. He's come to take the place of Jesus so that you have someone here to help you do what you're called to do. Your primary thing you're here for is to do what God's called you to do. Nothing else. Nothing else. You're here to do what God has called you to do. And he's going to tell you what that is. He's going to lead you and guide you into all truth. Of course, that's expansive. But he's going to lead you and guide you into all truth about your calling. That's what the Holy Spirit's on right now. It's a calling. He's going to lead you and guide you into your calling. He really will. And your calling, mine has just been, I just keep doing what I know to do. And he keeps unfolding it. He keeps unfolding more and more, giving me more and more understanding. Sometimes I know things ahead of time, but I don't know the timing on it. <laughs> sometimes sometimes there's a place where you have to step into it, and then, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to be doing that. Okay. You know, so so God is good. He's, he's here to help. He sent the Holy Spirit to help you, and you've got to lean on him to help you. He's got wisdom that you don't have. He's got understanding about your situation that you don't have. He's got instruction that you don't have unless you get it from the Holy Spirit. Amen? That's right. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna really talk it a lot because right now we're in the time frame right now. The church needs to have the Holy Spirit moving in their life. That's the time frame we're in. Now there's a lot of the church that does not have the Holy Spirit. So what's going to happen? Well, the people that have the Holy Spirit are going to help the ones that don't get the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yeah, there's a big there's a big move coming. And it's it's important that we all have the knowledge and the understanding and the importance, the role that the Holy Spirit plays in our life. It is important. Okay, so David encouraged himself in the Lord. Let's look at Acts 2 real quick. That goes along with what what David was saying there too, Acts 2, 26. And I think we hit this, I don't know if it was last week or the week before. David says of him, um, and who's him there? The Lord. I was always beholding the Lord in my presence, for he is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. Do you know what that's saying? He was always beholding the Lord. The Lord was always first place in whatever he was, whatever was going on in his life. And I will have to tell you, I, immediately when I'm facing a situation, the Lord is first place. I get him first place in my life. David was always beholding the Lord. That's why he could quickly get before the Lord and, and um, find out what he was saying. Amen? And so he was always, always, I was always beholding the Lord in my presence. For he is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. Therefore, my heart was glad and my tongue exalted. Moreover, my flesh also will abide in hope. Amen. So if we've always got, if we're always looking at Jesus, if we're always beholding the Lord, he's going to help us stay on track. He's going to help us stay on track. And Philippians 4, 6, um, 
we're looking at some of the rejoicing. And, and when you're believing God for a situation, or like, um, like I said, we're believing God for change in America, and, um, or if you're interceding for some, someone, the praise and worship is a very, a vital part of, of the prayer time, of the prayer time for, for every situation. Whatever you're asking the Lord for, you want to praise Him and thank Him for it. You don't wait till it happens. You thank him for it ahead of time. That's, that's what you would call faith. You thank him for it ahead of time. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if you don't see it. We're, and I've said this before, but we're so used to being able to drive through McDonald's. Now I think things have gotten a little slower. Sorry, Austin. But I think things have gotten, I think things have gotten a little bit slower in some of these drive through places, you know? But nevertheless, they're still pretty fast, aren't they? <laughs> They're still pretty fast. So, so um, we, we're so used to everything coming to us so fast. But see, you know, God isn't that way. He knows when every situation, every person involved in that situation is ready. He knows. Talk about computer whiz. God knows exactly everyone's heart. He knows exactly what needs to happen to every every person. He knows what what their heart needs to adjust a little bit, and then it's all coming together. Amen? It'll all fall into place. So we, we have to, when we're, we're praying and believing God, we have to stand in faith and patience and rest and hope. And rest. We have to rest in God's promise, you know? We have to rest in that. So Philippians 4, 6 says, Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. With thanksgiving, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So, so there's a there's a, a time, and then if you go on in Romans 4:20, where where Abraham was, um, we can look at that too. Romans 4:20, where Abraham was, where he was, he was fully. Fully, um, fully persuaded. Fully persuaded. But look at that next, um, in verse 21, being fully assured that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. He was fully assured in that. Let's see, where's that? Okay, verse 20. Yet with respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God. Giving glory to God. That's part of part of it, giving glory to God, worshiping Him, praising Him in the midst of standing and believing God for a situation. Part of it is worshiping Him. They say, I, I believe you, Father. I believe you. I know you're true and I know you're going to take care of it. I believe you. That's what worship is about. It's more than, it's more than just lifting your hands and singing a song on Sunday. Worship is about declaring His Lordship in your life and you believe you believe because that's why you're there to worship because you believe in the greatness of God and God said he's going to take care of it. Amen? It's not just coming in and singing a couple of songs and sitting down. It's coming in and worshiping him because you know he's God and you know he's going to make, bring a change to the situation and you believe him to do that. Worship is more than that. And, and we have to really, we have to um, get that in our heart. We can't just, we can't just do a ho-hum worship. You know what I mean by ho-hum worship? Ho-hum, ho-hum worship? 
We can't do that anymore. Can't do that anymore. That's not what worship is going to be like here. You know, last week I had to um, do a few things during worship to get us out of that ho-hum place. We can't, we can't ho-hum worship anymore. God's not going to show up and do something. We got to get him first place when we come into worship. And if he isn't first place when you come in, get there. Get there. Repent. You know, I've told you this story before, but there was a time when I could not get into worship. This is years ago. I wasn't even married then. But I was in a I was in a full gospel church. I just could not I couldn't worship. I was bothered, I was crying, I was upset. You know what I needed to do? I needed to repent. I needed to repent. It was blocking my opportunity to worship and give God glory. We have to we have to be at that place. And I'm not talking just to the older generation that knows better. I'm talking to the younger generation that needs to know better. Amen? It's it's important. I want the manifestations of God of, of the Holy Spirit here. I want God's glory. I want the anointing. I want us to do what God has called this body to do. I want us to be a light in a dark place. Each one of you carry an anointing. Each one of you carries an anointing because you have the Holy Spirit. You carry an anointing, so you come in here and we pull our, or the fire, if you want to talk about the fire, we come in here and we pull our fire together. We're going to make the church burn. Not literally, you know. <laughs> For you that haven't heard that before, but we're going to make, we're going to, the church is just going to get on fire. But we want that. We want the manifestation of the glory of God here. So, and the manifestation, I mean, the anointing and the glory are different, but we want the manifestation here because it's going to be a beacon. It's going to be a calling card. People are going to want help. They're going to want help. They're going to want, what kind of power are you walking in? Amen? They're going to want help. So, so, and the more, okay, the more you pray in tongues, I'm watching the clock, Kim, the more you pray in tongues, the more you read your word, the more you fast, the stronger the anointing will become on the inside of you. The more you do those things, that anointing, it has to, it has to get stronger because you're getting rid of the junk that's hindering that anointing. It has to get stronger. Worship has to be better when that happens. Amen? Okay, so so we need to rejoice. Um, oh, you can write this one down, but we won't go there because I'm I need to keep us moving. Psalms twenty eight seven talks about time to rejoice. Um let's see. So I talked about the 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 the, the country being in the palm of God's hands. And he blows life into the country, what I see, so I pray that way. So, you know, that blowing of life is, is to restore the country back to life. To revive, to deal with the discouragement, with death, with the fainting, with the tiredness, with the uh, sitting down, basically, that the church has done. And to restore back to health when the life is blown into the to people that restores back to life or to heal health, healing, wholeness, health, and and life uh, prosperously, life prosperously. So all those things I expect to see, I expect to see when God comes in and or when um, 
in him blowing that life into the country. I expect to see the restoration and everything that the enemy has stolen from us. But I expect more. I expect us to be back, back to the same place, but we're going to be more glorious. The church is going to be more glorious. The church is going to be stronger. The church is going to know who they are in Christ. They're going to know where they're going. They're going to know what they're doing. They're, they're going to know what their calling is. And they're going to be bold as a lion. They're not going to be moved by anybody or anything or any circumstance. Amen? Okay, so um, let's look at um, Psalms 37. I had another scripture verse there too, but... Um, well, I'm going to read it first. You don't need to go there, but it is Jude one five, and um, of course Jude is where you pray in tongues. But Jude one five, this is just a remembrance. Um, now I desire to remind you, and that's what basically what I'm doing today is to remind you where our country is, but also remind you. Uh, that with God, all things are possible. Amen? With God, all things are possible. And so that how how we stand as a church will, will um, uh, bring into manifestation the outcome that God wants. Amen? And so I want us to be standing uh, in power, love, and a sound mind, but I want us to be standing knowing that God is made each one of us an overcomer, I want us standing knowing that we are the victor. We have the victory in each situation. Amen? Each situation. So uh, Jude 1, 5, or Jude 5. No, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, anyway, 5, 1, 5. Yeah, just 5. Now I desire to remind you, though, you know all things once for all, that the Lord, after saving a people out of the land of Egypt, sub- subsequent destroyed those who did not believe. Who was that that did not believe? Who did, who did, uh, who was destroyed coming out of the land of Egypt? Pharaoh's army. They were the enemy to Israelites. They were an enemy. So God, God, you know the parting of the Red Sea? You know what happened? They parted the Red Sea and Pharaoh decided to send all his army in there behind him. And the water came in and destroyed them all. And it was prophesied ahead of that that there would no be no enemy. Amen. And no more would they see their enemy. No more. And so, so you know, I, I like that scripture verse because I believe that same thing for our country. No more are we going to see our enemy. No more. Is there going to be the corruption in this country? But instead, righteousness reigns. Righteousness reigns in this country. Righteousness reigns in this country. Righteousness reigns in this country. Amen. Okay, so Psalm 37. Mm, Psalm 37, please. Um, I don't know. I was going to read this whole thing. It was so good. It is a. It is long. It's long. Uh, but um, we'll, we'll start. But do not fret because of evil doers. Do not envy. En- do not envious toward wrongdoers. For they will wither quickly like the grass and fade like the green herb. Quickly they're going to wither our enemies. Amen? Trust in the Lord and do good. Continue to do good. Even though it looks like the enemy is winning, 
That's, that, it doesn't make any difference. Isn't what God's told us, is it? It isn't what God's told us. So we are fully persuaded, and we are not growing weak in faith, but we're standing strong against the schemes and tactics of the enemy. I'm not moved. I'm not moved. I'm not moved at all. I believe God is going to rearrange this country. It's going to change it so it's unrecognizable. Like I said, a new day and a new nation. It's not going to function the same way. Not. Not. Okay, verse 3. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he will do it. And he will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers. Are you fretting? Because it looks like they're getting lots of money. (laughs) We're not fretting. I'm not fretting. (laughs) My God turns things around. My God, my God turns things around. He writes the wrong. He makes things right. He's a God of justice. So I'm not moved. Uh uh-uh. And he will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way. Because of the man who carries out wicked schemes. Uh uh-uh. uh. Don't pay any attention. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. And don't get angry because it looks like they're winning. <laughs> You know what? If you do that, you've also lost your faith. You've lost your hope. And your your jar is half full, half empty. Excuse me, half empty. Okay, because of the man who carries out wicked schemes. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. Do not fret. It leads only to evil doing. For evil doers will be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord, they will inherit the land. And we are all waiting for the Lord. Amen? We're going to inherit the land the wealth of the wicked. Amen. Yet a little while and the wicked man will be no more. And you will look carefully for his place and he will not be there. I just thought this was prophetic. I just thought it was prophetic. But the humble will inherit the land and will delight themselves in abundant prosperity. The wicked plots against the righteous and gnashes at him with his teeth. And the Lord laughs at him. That's why he said, laugh at the devil. Laugh at the devil. Laugh when he wants to pick on you. (laughs) For he sees... He sees his day is coming. Verse 14, the wicked have drawn the sword and bent their bow to cast down the afflicted and the needy, to stay those who are upright in conduct. Their sword will enter their own heart and their bows will be broken. Isn't that awesome? I can say that's awesome because I've been praying for these people to get born again for salvation to come to these people that are doing wrong. That's what God wants. He doesn't want any of them to perish. But he will deal with it when it comes time. When it comes time, and he said, that's it. That's it. We're done. Okay, better is the little better is the little of the righteous than the abundance of many wicked. For the arms of the wicked will be broken, but the Lord sustains the righteous. Are you righteous? Well, the Lord's going to sustain you, right? The Lord knows the days of blameless and their inheritance will be forever. They will not be ashamed in the time of evil and in the days of famine they will have abundance. But the wicked will perish and the enemies of the Lord will be like the glory of the pastures. They vanish like smoke. They vanish away. The wicked borrows and does not pay back, but the righteous is gracious and gives. For those blessed by him will inherit the lamb, but those cursed by him will be cut off. The steps of a man are established uh, by the Lord. And that's that same scripture verse I used. The steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. 
King James, and he delights in his way. When he falls, he shall not be hurled headlong, because the Lord is the one who holds his hand. I have been young and now I'm old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his descendants begging bread. All day long he is gracious and lends, and his descendants are a blessing. Depart from evil and do good, so you will, you, so you will abide forever. For the Lord loves justice and does, and does not forsake his godly ones. They are preserved forever, but the descendants of the wicked will be cut off. The righteous will inherit the land and dwell in it forever. The mouth of the righteous utters wisdom, and his tongue speaks justice. The law of his God is in his heart. His steps do not slip. The wicked spies upon the righteous and seeks to kill him. The Lord will not leave him in his hand or let him be condemned when he is judged. Wait for the Lord and keep his way, and he will exalt you to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, you will see it. I have seen a violent, wicked man spreading himself like a luxuriant tree in its, in its native soil. Then he passed away, and lo, he was no more. I sought for him, but he could not be found. Mark the blameless man, and behold the upright, for the man of peace will have posterity. But transgressors will, altogether dis- all to- will be altogether destroyed. The, pro- the posterity of the wicked will be cut off. But the salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their strength in time of trouble. And the Lord helps them and delivers them. He delivers them from the wicked and saves them because they take refuge in him. Amen. I just thought that was so appropriate and so good. Okay, so the the thing that I, I said that I saw last, just last Wednesday night, was that sudden reverse of course. Sudden reverse. The country has been going one way. Just picture God's got the country in, in his hands. The country is going one way, and then suddenly, suddenly, suddenly it reverses course and goes the other way. That's a suddenly. A suddenly that will happen. Um, uh, suddenly. Mm. So it's like a, it's like you're blowing up a balloon. I had a balloon here. I have a balloon. And it's going to be like this. Um, it's going to be a suddenly. It's going to be a suddenly. <laughs> okay, so so it's it's going to be a suddenly like this. The country's going to change suddenly. And are you ready? <laughs> you ready for me? No. Are you ready for the country to change suddenly? Yeah. Are you ready? Yeah. Are you really ready? Really, 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 really. Oh, my goodness. Oh. <laughs> anyway, it's going to be a suddenly, just like that. And then, you know, um, after that, after that, this is something else I don't talk much about, but I just it's really real on the inside of me how um, uh, there are so many things I know personally that I have been interceding for and, and praying for and believing God for change in, in them. But I... I have said this to several people. Some of them are, are real close intercessors. That they aren't here, but they're, we intercede several times a week for the country and for different situations. And I've mentioned this to her, that it, everything on the inside of me feels like it's all tied together. Tied together. 
We'll just have to see. I'm just telling you what I believe I sense. But I think when 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 things happen and God moves everything into the right position and the right line where everything's supposed to be, we'll see things that will manifest that we've been believing God for that haven't had an opportunity because of the chaos and stuff going on. Now, I know we've been praying and interceding, but there's been a lot of junk that we've had to plow through and go around or kick out of the way, you know? And so, so I had, I just, I had, these came from downstairs just to show how everything is going to fit together. Everybody's going to know where they're supposed to be, the calling they're supposed to be doing, what they're supposed to be doing for the Lord. It will all fit together. It will all change and fit together. Amen? It will all fit. So, I mean, I think it's almost every time that I intercede that I, I, I see how this could fit with this and this could fit with that and how so many things are, are just like in limbo waiting to happen. Waiting to happen. You Maybe you know what I'm saying, but they're just sitting there. And so I think that, that the church needs to be ready because God is going to do some some neat things. Some neat things. Amen? Amen.